Alrighty. Daniel, welcome to the Building and Growing podcast. Um, delighted to have you here today. Thanks so much for joining us. Thanks so much, Lucas. Yeah, it's a pleasure to be here. You're most welcome. Uh, so Daniel is the founder of ShipShape. Um, would you like to tell us a bit about yourself? Yeah, sure. So uh, my background, I used to work in management consulting, um, largely in financial services, and always focused on the technology element of it. So mm -hmm. Uh, I used to get really excited where we're breaking down like a symmetry of information and enabling um, enabling capital to just move around more effectively and more efficiently. So yes. you know, whether that's like, a, yeah, so just always found it fascinating the role that technology played in essentially helping money get from where it is today to where it's needed. Mm -hmm. Okay, fantastic. That's excellent. And so do you want to expand a little bit about what you're doing at ShipShape, how you came to uh, found your own company after working in, in management consulting on arguably a very exciting topic. Uh, you know, I love sort of capital and capital flows, but uh, uh, appreciate that, you know, the audience, perhaps my parents may not be as interested. I, yeah, <laughs> yeah, for sure. Like, uh, so, so um, I actually, just before starting ShipShape, I uh, worked um, for a year in, a, in another startup and okay. that's actually where I came across the problem that we're now solving. So yes. picture this, it's a day two of new job, like it's a, you know, a senior position in a fast growing startup, employee number eight. Oh, wow. Day number two, the CEO and founder says, hey, Daniel, um, do with a hand with our series A. Yes. And uh, being young and naive, I said, sure, no problem. Like which bits of it do you want me to do? And Part of it was actually doing the investor research. Mm -hmm. And the business, um, it's a really good good idea. So it's a tax compliance automation software, again, financial services focused. But trying to find which investors are interested in tax compliance automation and a really, really niche part of tax compliance automation. Yes. Trying to find which investors are interested in that is really difficult. Absolutely. And the tools I had at my disposal uh, as someone who had no network at the time, yeah, the tools that I had at my disposal were like crunch-based investor lists. Mm -hmm. And that really wasn't that helpful. Mm. Um, I wanted to be able to type in what it was that we were doing and see which, not just which VC firms, which investment entities yes. were interested in that space, but actually which individual is the best person to try and pick up the phone to, to mm -hmm. get in touch. And none of that existed. Yes. And ultimately that helped m me to, to have that sort of like crystallize the idea of actually, you know what? There's a lot of data out there in mm -hmm. an industry that is funding literally the future of innovation. Yes. And we're working off of Yellow Pages style solutions for it. It's kind of crazy, but yeah, yeah it's this is an industry that from a data structure perspective is stuck in the 90s and it it's slowing down like the brightest people of our generation, yes. whether that's like founder side, operator side, or uh, on the investor side they're spending a lot of time following very like loud signals yes in a market that's really congested mm -hmm. and so yeah that's what gave, gave me the idea for for, for this so, there have been a few other factors mm -hmm. um say so i was in lockdown in wales um, my now wife's uh, parents place yes. my, my wife was finishing a phd mm -hmm. it's an area with huge levels of human capital yes and the responses to lockdown were so entrepreneurial. You had you know people doing like uh, like D to C, like food supplies, and yes. like you know, improving access to healthcare, like 
but remotely and mm-hmm. there's lots of these innovative ideas and startups just being created yes but it's really obvious that ultimately because they didn't have a line in mm. to financial capital didn't have that network they're going to really struggle with finding which investors to back that business that idea uh-huh. and so it's yeah that, that's an, another huge factor like where there's human capital today actually there's not necessarily financial capital and access to it and so if you can essentially offer the world access to who might want to fund your idea yes that's something worth pursuing yeah absolutely so i i really love this because it's you you had the problem when you were working um you found an idea for the problem and then as a result of the COVID lockdowns, you validated that problem that others had. And so, you know, you, you were able to, to kick it off and start building from there, I imagine. Yeah, uh, we, we were, I think we were quite, quite lucky early on. We, we got uh, an innovation grant that sort of backed, okay. backed the idea. Um, that was, yeah, um, Innovate UK grant. And they're like, okay, you know, actually, you're onto something here. Yes. And we we're able to progress from like a no-code solution. I'm mean, a huge... Uh, believer in doing things in no code first so you yes. can validate you are people willing to pay for it before you've got any of the bells and whistles and any of the actual technical capability yep. to automate it and yeah we basically just built the first version of what we had in in an excel sheet which Fantastic. just didn't work like it very well <laughs> at all it was not scalable at all mm. and it didn't really like from a data science perspective it didn't answer that much but we proved that actually this was a better better way of doing things yes yes fantastic that's great um and so you know you mentioned that initially you built it out as say an excel spreadsheet with a no code approach are you able to talk about how that then progressed to the product that you've got because i think uh you know i'm not sure whether we got introduced by someone or if one of us reached out to each other but at the time of us meeting there definitely was a product. Um, so talk talk to us about how you, you went from, you know, zero to one and then one to 10. Yeah, so we ran off the Excel sheet for quite a while, uh, is, is the honest answer. So so that was, um, yeah, that was probably the first seven, eight months of, of the business. Yes. And we managed to essentially to condense down the problem, the, the, uh, yeah, the problem ultimately is this. If you're going to be a search engine that people can rely on, you want the gap between what happens out there in the world yes. and what your search engine thinks has happened to mm-hmm. be as small as possible. Yes. And so if you're working off an Excel spreadsheet and you're trying to document everything that's happening in the world of venture capital, which is moving faster and faster, like you know, if you look at in, in the last five years, like the um, frequency of transactions is going up. Yes some of the complexity in the deals and the types of deals that are being done yes. and the involvement of more and more parties as part of uh, syndicates mm-hmm. going in and completing rounds like all of that means that you've got essentially like these sand we think of like data in the way that like sand dunes yes these sand dunes are not static and you ultimately need to be able to accurately describe or as accurately as possible mm-hmm. describe essentially okay this bit is relevant to you yes and you've got to know that that's changing so for us we basically have focused on on a couple of things one of which is how do we find the right the right grain grain or grains of sand yes in that you know that mass Mm -hmm. and then the second bit is how do you make sure that we're tracking the right bits Mm -hmm. at the right time yes and so um we essentially used uh yeah data science to 
sift through millions of pieces of data, whether that's like a tweet, like mm -hmm. a, a news article, uh, podcasts. Yes. Uh, like we transcribe podcasts and we basically enable you to search through that. Fantastic. And because each piece of evidence belongs to a person yes. or to an entity, we can essentially say, all right, you type in something super niche, like, I don't know, like a um, audio technology for podcast studios. Yes. You can type that in and it will surface if there are investors talking about it mm -hmm. and if there are investments that have been made in exactly that search phrase. That's incredible. I mean, the fact that uh, you're almost able to crawl the internet uh, like Google does, uh, you know, this this makes sense why I, I suppose you brand as a VC search engine because essentially that's what you're doing. Um, so are you able to talk a bit about the sort of the technology behind that um, particularly because, you know, there are so many different VCs, they are on so many different channels. Um, how did you build out that sort of that approach and, and start executing? Yeah, good question. So um, there are, yeah, there are lots of, uh, lots of different media sources that you can consider and largely open source. There are some exceptions to that. So for example, LinkedIn is not very open source. They make mm -hmm. it very difficult to, to go in and access. We don't do that. Mm -hmm. because because ultimately like they've, they've said okay we're just not going to share that that yes. data so we don't do that but with others there, there are apis that you can go go and get that data mm -hmm. actually that's that's i'd say relatively common knowledge that you can go get the unstructured data yes. how you then sift through it is i suppose the, the secret source yes of, of, of like how do you structure that in a in a way that doesn't shoehorn you in to the same approach to data mm. 10 years on so yeah we've had to think really carefully and a lot of our build time actually has been thinking through like what's the right way to architect that yes because the world is changing all around us the relationships between entities and individuals in a changing market are mm. also going to change mm. how do you come up with a system that isn't static yes. which means that you know in three years time you ask me who's the best person to go speak with about compound semiconductors and it, it might not be vcs at all it mm -hmm. might be that there's an angel syndicate that is the best is the best place to go to for, for that particular query so we've had to think about yeah a very fast evolving market yes. where how people are marketing their capital and the structures for marketing capital yes. are changing quite a lot it's nuts yeah absolutely fantastic so um you know, you've spoken about what you're doing um what other tools are there in the market um, that people, you know, could use um, or compare you with? Yeah, so we're, we're compared to, um, uh, to, a, to a number of others that, that ultimately we think are trying to solve a different problem. So we're not trying to be a really big database of, um, uh, yeah, we're not trying to be a really big database in the same way that a Crunchbase is or a... a uh, another one is a UK focused one called Bohurst. Okay. And they do a really good job of getting lots and lots of data points in yes. and enabling you to build essentially very, very structured queries based upon filters. Yes. And there are definitely advantages to taking that approach. Mm -hmm. We've started off elsewhere, which is in the sense of rather than asking you to choose from a number of like, I don't know, 40 tags, like things like FinTech or RegTech. So the business I mentioned earlier would have yes. fit, fitted in that reg tech category mm -hmm. um it's really good for getting a lot of companies or a lot of uh, investors that are related to that particular tag yes so crunchbase does that really well so does bohurst you mm -hmm. get a lot of companies very very quickly 
Yes. But what you can't do in the same way is you can't access who are the people that are semantically, or who are the people who are closest yes. to that search phrase based upon what they've written and where they've invested. Uh-huh. And that's really where there's like a bit of a difference. Like we we go off of unstructured data. Again, it's the, the yellow pages model versus Google. Yeah. 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 You, you can search for auto like auto parts uh, tr- dealers in, in yellow pages. What you can't find out is who has who does the best um, LED light bulbs yeah. for your your car. Yeah. So again, Google can do that. Yellow pages can't. Yes, fantastic. And I, I like the way that you re- you reference semantics because I think semantics translates into intent. Um, and you know, ultimately, if you're a founder raising. You know, you, you want to be able to contact the least amount of VCs possible um, uh, in order to raise the maximum amount of capital possible. Yeah. Um, and yeah, certainly my conversations with founders, they're hitting the phones um, uh, as much as possible. They're organizing many, many meetings. However, uh, it's very difficult. So if you can solve that problem for them, I think they'd you know, really appreciate it and they'd have a lot of time placed back into their pocket. Yeah, I think that's a, yeah, one of the critical reasons and one of the key reasons for starting it is humanity's got a lot of brilliant people with brilliant ideas. Mm. And at the moment, the death rate of startup businesses is high. Yes. We want to make that number smaller mm-hmm. because we want people who've got good ideas even if they're really niche and most business business ideas these days are niche indeed we want them to be able to find essentially their tribe mm-hmm. the people who want to back that as early as possible because if you can su- coalesce support around an innovation or an idea early yes actually you're giving it the maximum possible chance of success absolutely and so for us that's yeah one of the ways that we, we think about it is yeah we we can deliver that to founders yes. who yeah can concentrate on a smaller number of much richer, far deeper relationships mm-hmm. with investors that really matter for them. Yes. And on the other side of that equation, you've got investors who ultimately aren't getting spammed so much. Yes. Um, and they're very easily able to tell whether or not someone's done their research or not. If And if, if I can go to you and say, hey, I've just read an article that says that you really like exactly what it is that we're doing with mm. like um, ensuring that there's no plastics in the ocean. Yes you're much more likely to respond to me and pick up the phone because you can see I've done my research mm. and also that we've got aligned interests. Yes. And that's really what we want to enable. So the the value proposition really is for founders, you're able to help them identify VCs who have signaled either through previous investments or through semantic language um, uh, uh, or other data points that they're interested in you know, X, Y, Z niche markets that say um, ESG, um, capital, um, uh, particularly through data reporting. Um, and then with VCs, you're able to ensure that they're receiving, they're receiving leads from founders in the form of founders um, that have a much more sophisticated and precise uh, uh, approach, a precision approach, as opposed to a, a prey and spray, let's say. Yeah, I think that, that that's that's exactly it. In the same way that Google indexes websites, and if you're precise about what it is that your business does on your website, 
Yes. If someone signals intent, mm. specific intent via Google, yes. and you index well, actually, yeah, that that lead will come to you. Indeed. And, and so we're in the same way that, yeah, that Google indexes websites, we're indexing investors and yes. their investments. And, and that's, that is the business. Uh, it, it, it is enabling capital to market itself better mm -hmm. because it hasn't been able to do that historically. Fantastic. Love it. So these are some really key problems that you're solving. So the big question really is how, how do you monetize? Who's paying um, for all of this value? Yeah, so I think, as, as I mentioned at the start, um, as, as we were coming in, investors actually at the start co correctly questioned our approach to monetization. So there are, mm. um, we're in an industry where the incumbents make money from subscriptions. So yes. they'll charge founders less, they'll charge enterprises more, mm -hmm. and the enterprises get more product. And that's just the way that this industry has worked. Yes. We're not interested in doing that. We're interested in opening up access to founders yes. and opening up a new channel essentially for, for VCs and other investors. Mm -hmm. We actually don't make money from either side of that via, via subscriptions. Um, so by using our search engine, we actually pick up the intent mm -hmm. and other, other key data points as well. Yes. So those data points are worth something. Because yes. for the first time ever, we're able to say, actually, you know what? The demand for capital in the UK for compound semiconductor-related technology businesses was 200 million. Mm -hmm. and, and what's really interesting about that is you've got VCs at the moment and investors at the moment who are deploying cash and capital mm -hmm. into areas that they think are trending, yes. but isn't necessarily correlated to where there's demand for capital. Mm -hmm. And that's really valuable data. So Absolutely. There's some val valuable data there for investors, for government, um, for accelerators, regional bodies, etc. Et but there's also really valuable data about startup businesses mm -hmm. who are at a very key part of their journey mm -hmm. and ultimately could probably benefit from some services, especially those services that are being offered in a way that helps them extend runway. Yes. So if yeah. you're a founder raising funds, you're always thinking about runway. How, how long have we got? Yes. And if someone like a Google Cloud, mm. for example, comes along and says, hey, we've got $100,000 equivalent yes. in uh, cloud credits to give you. Mm -hmm. That's really valuable. And what's great there is that we're able to say to Google Cloud, hey, there's a startup here that might well go far. Yes. They want to raise X amount of money. At the moment, they're fundraising. So you've got really critical business context there as Google Cloud to say, here's a way that we can help and build a relationship for the long run. Mm -hmm. And that's ultimately the, the, the business in many ways, it is we're getting the ability to deliver highly qualified leads mm -hmm. to, um, to these companies uh, that, that ultimately want to be commercial partners of startups as yes. they go through the next part of their journey. Yes. And, and that's, that's the value, like it, we're, we're, we're helping businesses find each other without needing to go to like expensive conferences and like or host you know dinners uh, yes. etc where yeah you've got you know law firms accountants banks revenue-based mm. finance firms they're all trying to qualify mm. new business and it's really difficult to do that in a digital way today yeah absolutely and this reminds me of uh, a few companies i came across um uh, a couple of years back 
they were company formation um, agents uh, and then you know they then had leads which were new companies not necessarily in um, uh, with the same growth potential as say new startups that are going to be funded by VCs however um, you know there definitely were businesses who were picking up the phone to try and contact them because these new businesses then would require let's say um, uh, uh, insurance they would require a bank account they might eventually start requiring um, payee uh, 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 in order to to do payroll services um, to pay their employees so it's uh yeah, it's, I guess, a sophisticated um, uh, uh, approach um, following the same concept. Um, you know, anybody can go to company's house and open up, you know, a business. The company will be formed. Certainly not anybody can raise a whole lot of money from VCs. Um, uh, and so those leads are much harder to come by for, let's say, a specialized lawyer or, you know, a Google Cloud. So um, thank you very much for explaining that. No, as to and, and look at you know, for full frankness and honesty, like we, we want this to remain free, yes, to to the ecosystem and to yeah to the to, to the wider world as well. Mm. We do need to finance it, like yeah. and this 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 to us felt like ethically and morally the best way of doing that because there's no obligation for anyone to say yes. Yes. But if you're being offered a service that's relevant to you at that point in time, actually, you've got a much higher chance of of it of, of that actually being to your benefit at a point in time rather than you know no one wants to get spammed by you know, for example recruitment firms you, you don't want to get spammed by them mm. but if one comes in at the right point in time and says look we're just here to build a relationship recognize that you're still raising yes it's a very like but have you thought about your first 100 days mm. what does your talent plan look like for after you've done your raise because that's a question that your investors are going to be asking you we can help you. We can sit down with you and help do that. Yes. And that's, that's yeah, that's uh, in the same way that we're reducing noise between startups and investors. Yes. We're also helping reduce noise between B2B businesses and ultimately their hopeful clients. Yeah, yeah. fantastic. No, very good. And uh, I think, uh, yeah, you know, the monetizing the data approach is one that, you know, many of the most successful tech companies have followed. I think Amazon's, uh, percent of revenue that's generated from advertising sales is around 10% um, thereabouts. Uh, same for a couple of others in the industry like Google, um, you know, eBay, Instacart, Alibaba, all of them, you know, they, they, they do it. Um, Instagram, you know, uh, you type in something and up comes an ad. It, this is the way that the market is working. Yeah. Um, so, Daniel, I, I guess a, a, a big question, you know, we, we've understood what the current focus is the current value proposition. Um, what's what's next on the roadmap? Good question. Yeah, so it's really exciting. Some of the, some of the things that we've got planned to to come in. So um, because we're yeah because we're relatively new, we've had to choose where to focus and mm -hmm. where we're deliberately not going. So an area that we know that we want to include and that others currently include is essentially what size checks do VC firms write mm. so mm. we are um, we've got uh, no surprise here we've got like we're, we're basically incorporating lots of open source data yes for helping to inform founders okay which VCs write checks in the range that yes. I'm looking at because at the moment we're basing it off of 
uh, do you care about the thing that I'm doing? Yeah. We're not yet, we've not yet got um, built right the way through um, the ability to say, you're raising the right amount for this com- this VC firm. Yes. And they also care about your, your uh, value prop. Mm-hmm. At the moment, we're relying on users doing that research for themselves. Yeah, but we are getting rid of you know, hundreds of days worth of research time because yes. of the amount of data we get we're going through. So that's one. Another one is um, uh, there's a really cool company which uh, no doubt lots of your listeners will have already he- heard of called Landscape, and okay. they do VC reviews. Yes, and so they let founders give anonymous reviews on VCs. Okay, wow. and. Found, set up by a brilliant founder called Jay Perkins mm-hmm. and will be incorporating landscape review ratings into the search engine. Oh, fantastic. So that yeah. you get additional information about, you know, are they the type of investor that you would want on the cap table? Yes, excellent. Yeah, I think, you know, ticket size and reviews of the VCs will be super important. First one in terms of qualifying them as to, you know, uh, are they going to give us enough money? Um, and, and secondly, in terms of you know actually how should we approach them based upon other founders experiences because it's all well and good to speak to founders of portfolio companies within the VCs but when you're approaching 80 different VCs realistically are you going to have a coffee with each one of uh, uh, the VCs portfolio companies yeah yeah exactly it's, it's a really important role as we as we see it in the ecosystem to like how can you in a world in which the advice and the knowledge of the ecosystem is bottled up at the moment in the in these very tight knit hard to crack into yes um sort of circles how, how do you share that yeah uh, and i think that's yeah it's an, another area of yeah it's an area of similarity and, and um that we've got with some of the yeah there's some other like companies that are just emerging into the space that are like looking to shake things up and i think that's a common thread throughout is yeah people want to be able to share more information as to like yeah who, who to go go to uh, and why yes yeah. yeah fantastic look daniel thanks so much for telling us about ship shape any sort of um tips uh, uh or um you know key takeaways you'd like to s- share with founders or you know the the general community based upon you know your interactions both with founders and vcs uh, across the board in in, ter- in terms of a key takeaway and yes yeah, piece of, piece of advice one is if you found someone if you found an investor that you know cares about what you're doing mm. even if they're not necessarily writing the right size check for you right now yes you want to be building that relationship with an eye on you know 12 months 24 months ahead mm-hmm. so it's never too early to start building those relationships is is i suppose one one key takeaway and the other one is do your research yeah. Like it, it always pays to be, you know, um, going into a room, into a meeting with an investor yes. where you've done your research. Because even if even if you've done your research and it said that they're a fit and they turn out not to be, they'll at least understand why it is that you thought that they were. Yeah. And absolutely. therefore you, you move into that other category. So, you know, I think VCs have got a few categories, one of which is, yeah, we've progressed to the next conversation. The next one is you're not like uh, not the right fit for us but you are a potentially good fit for elsewhere i want to open up my network to you mm. i think the last one is not a good fit didn't do the research i'm not going to help you onwards yeah and i think ultimately like lots of vcs want to pay it forward mm. but they they are also conscious of ultimately the value of their reputation and part of their reputation and the value is what's the quality of deal flow that they bring to their network with yes. a VC. yeah absolutely look 
Fantastic uh, uh, takeaway. Um, thank you very much for sharing it. Anything that you want to add um, as a closing remark? Yeah, I mean, uh, founders, um, founders, accountants, anyone, anyone that a founder is asking for help with fundraising, they can now access our search engine for free. Yes. So that's at shipshape.vc. And if you create an account, then you get unlimited searches. So Fantastic. yeah, uh, we're here to help the community. Excellent. All righty. Daniel, thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks, Lucas.